0: in the final section which is the fourth section of joshua we are nearing the end of our, our walk through this book um, if you weren't your last couple weeks we did kind of do a, a massive uh, clump of scripture and dealing with the allotment of land uh, if you have your bible with you if uh, you have your phone that has your bible on it or your tablet whatever uh, we're going to be in joshua chapter 22 this morning and as you make your way there um kind of setting up what we're going to be talking about um, this week i began thinking about family and thinking about you know my my family the Hutchins and the helms family and and how often we actually get together and talk now my family's a little bit different we have uh, my dad is a retired pastor but still pastoring my brother's a senior pastor at a church and and i'm the pastor here and so sometimes our scheduling and things like that doesn't always line up and so we don't get to see each other as much as we would like to Um, and the same goes for jamie's family we we see them kind of sporadically throughout the year and as we get closer and closer to thanksgiving and christmas we know there's going to be some times that we're going to see each other more often than we normally do and and with that thought i started thinking about us as a church family and, and I can say this, and I mean this, <laughs> this, I mean this in a good way. I see you all more than I see my own blood family. And with that said, I don't, we don't see each other enough. Um, I began thinking about that. You know, some of us, we run into each other throughout the week. Some of us, we only encounter each other uh, on Sunday mornings, maybe Wednesday nights, maybe in a small group or some other thing going on in, in the community. But as a family of God... We're to be this tight-knit family that we we hang out with each other. We're with one another. I enjoyed Friday night as I sat by some of my brothers and sisters in Christ, and we uh, were enjoying the Stratford jams during the timeouts and the quarter releases and uh, the complaints that the song never ended uh, or never got to the good part, at least. Um, I know some of y'all are related, so this this kind of hard for your, maybe harder for you to grasp because some of y'all have family sitting right by you and. And, and you have sections of people that you hang out with very regularly. But when you look in Scripture, we see that God's people continually met together. They met in each other's homes. They met at the temple, which was kind of their church, and continually met together and shared their life with one another. And you read through the book of Acts in the New Testament, you see that it seemed to be a habit that, you know, they didn't go out by themselves. They were always with other believers. They are always sharing their life, going through the struggles and, and going through times of perseverance with one another, going through the times of praising with one another, praying with and for one another. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 10, the Bible says that, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And even though there's not a set time within Hebrews or even the Bible, the Bible doesn't command us that we have to worship on Sunday morning. Uh, In the book of Acts, it was called the Lord's Day. It's when they gathered. It was a celebration when Christ came out of the tomb the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And there isn't a set time. You You have to meet at this time on Sunday mornings to meet and to gather. The Bible is pretty clear that we, as God's people, should continually gather together. Verse 23 says that we should hold fast to our confession of hope, who is Jesus Christ. Verse 24 says that we should stir one another to love in good works, which is our calling as followers of Christ. Verse 25 is that we should encourage one another. And I hope, if you, as you've been here this morning, you felt those things. You felt. The confession of hope through the music and the stirring of love and good works and the encouragement but the reality is we are with our co-workers our peers uh, our classmates other people throughout the week a lot more than we are with God's people would you all agree with that and so how do we handle that because I know you all are busy just like everyone else is busy, you got kids and, and you got responsibilities and all those sorts of things. And so we're out and about in, in the world and we're supposed to be doing that. But how do we remain connected in the midst of being in our busyness, in the midst of being in our separation? And in Joshua chapter 22, believe it or not, it deals with this very issue. Our title this morning for the message is Unity in Separation. And when God's people separate, the Bible lets us know there's a way that we can remain connected to one another. And that's what we're going to look at in verses 1 through 9 of Joshua, chapter 22, verses 1. Uh, I already said that, verse 1 through 9. Let's read it together, and then we'll walk through that. And it begins At the time Joshua summoned the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Manasseh. And he said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. You have obeyed my voice and all that I have commanded you. You have not forsaken your brothers these many days down to this day, but you have been careful to keep the charge of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brothers as He promised them. Therefore turn and go to your tents in the land where your possession lies, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Verse 5, only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you. To love the Lord your God, and to walk in all His ways, and to keep His commandments, and to cling to Him, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh Moses gave, had given a possession in Bashan, but the other half Joshua had given a possession beside their brothers in the land west of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their homes and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your tents with much wealth, with very much livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, with much clothing. Divide the, spoil, divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. Verse 9, So the people of Reuben and the people of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh returned home, parting from the people of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go to the land of Gilead, for their own land of which they had possessed themselves by command of the Lord through Moses. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I completely surrender to You. I ask be that Your Spirit just opens up the Scriptures to us in this moment. Father, I thank You that You know everything is going on in everybody's life in, in this place. There's not a thing that is hidden from You. We praise You and we glorify You that we don't have to come in and try to put on a show. Father, we can be real in front of You and in front of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I know that everyone in this room has things that they're struggling with. Lord, I ask that through Your Word and by Your Spirit and for Your glory, that You speak to us in a way that only You can speak to us as our Heavenly Father. I pray for those here this morning who do not know You as their Lord and Savior. Father, it is only by Your Spirit and by You drawing them to Yourself that that can be revealed. So I pray that that mercy and that grace be given to them this morning that you would open their eyes to see and give them ears to hear and this time Lord I ask that your kingdom and will be done in each and every life that you do not allow me to get in your way and what you want to have said this morning Lord make us a stronger people a stronger church a stronger family together forgive me where I failed you and I thank you for what's going to happen in the next couple of minutes in all of our lives. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. One particular commentator wrote about this passage of Scripture that this chapter emphasizes the importance of the unity of God's people. It is a unity in the midst of diversity, but one which insists there are certain non-negotiable points which are pivotal for retaining unity. Thus, this chapter reminds us not of the importance of the unity of God's people, but also... That such unity, in spite of their differences, is a sign of the presence of God. We come into the final section of Joshua, which begins in chapter 22 and runs through chapter 24, where Joshua is now sending out the people of God. The promised land has been conquered. There are still people dwelling in the land. We know that from earlier passages of Scripture. But the people are now taking possession of the promise that God had given all the way back to the book of Genesis. As we come into chapter 22, what we find is the theme in this particular chapter, in these particular verses, is the faithfulness of God's people being connected and unified, though they're going to deal with a physical separation here in a moment. There's a unity within this opening chapter in the fourth section of Joshua. It begins with saying, but at that time. Well, at what time? If you're reading through the scriptures and you're doing your own Bible study, that's always a good question. At what time? That particular phrase is drawing the connection to what we spent the last two weeks on in Joshua chapter 13, where the Lord has come to him and say, you are now old and advanced to years, and it's time for him to step down as leader. It was at that time, after the Lord spoke to Joshua, that now Joshua summons these two and a half tribes to come and speak to him. In speaking to these two and a half tribes in verse 2, he says, you've kept all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you and have obeyed my voice and all that I have commanded you. Again, another connector. This is connecting to the opening of Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, where Joshua summons these two and a half tribes to himself, and he tells them about the, the, the deal that they struck with Moses and being able to live on the east side of the Jordan River, which begins in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 12 and runs through the end of that chapter. So again, we have a connector. We also have the connector in verse 2 when he says, You have kept all that Moses' servant Lord commanded you, taking it back to Numbers 32 where these two-and-a-half tribes came to Moses and asked Moses, can we stay on this side of the river? And Moses says, you can, but first you have to come with all your other brothers, send your fighting men across the Jordan River, that you would help them take the promised land, that they can settle the land to which God is bringing them, and then you can return to your homes, to your families, to your your tents, and to places where you would dwell. Chapter 22 is setting up this separation that is getting ready to happen. The reality is is most of us, as soon as we say amen, as soon as Jackson says have a blessed afternoon and we'll see you whenever he says we're going to see you, is we separate. We all tend to go our own ways. We all tend to do our own things. We have jobs, responsibilities, kids, whatever, and so we go about. So how in the world can we remain faithful to one another and faithful to God in the midst of being physically separated just like these two and a half tribes are going to be We can be separated physically, but still connected spiritually and still united. And so that's what we're dealing with today. And the first thing that Joshua draws to their attention, which is to draw our attention, is beginning in verse 1 and runs through verse 4, is that he's telling them to remember your faithfulness to one another. Remember your past faithfulness. He says, "You have kept the, all that Moses, servant Lord, commanded you. You have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. That was in the past. You have not forsaken your brothers these many days down to this day. You have been careful to keep the charge of the Lord your God. Again, taken to the past, and now what you've done faithfully in the past has brought you into the present to understand that God's faithfulness still remains." In order for us to be united, in order uh, when we leave this place and we're separated physically, we have to remember our faithfulness to one another that stems from the past. Jesus said that our love for one another would be the way that the world would know that we are His disciples. There's a physical separation in chapter 22 to to occur. And it's a huge deal that we can overlook. For the past 45 plus years, these men have been together. They have been going through life together. They have been going through battles together. They have been seeing successes and failures together. And now there's going to be this break. And so Joshua calls them to remember what God has been doing through them in their faithfulness to their fellow brothers and their faithfulness to God. Because I believe Joshua knows that there's danger on the horizon. This Jordan River is going to divide God's people. And unless God's people remain connected to God... They're going to become disconnected to one another. I think we see that in churches. When we start being connected to our personal selves and we start thinking about ourselves first, we become disconnected to God and disconnected from each other, which creates disunity. And churches explode and churches fall apart because of that. Joshua is saying, remember your past faithfulness. Remember your past commitments to God. And this is what to push you on into the present and into the future. I've never been one that has been a big crier. Um, and you may need to pray for Jamie about this because I, you know, I just show my emotions differently. Um, I'm kind of, I'm one of those, am I'm, I'm that kind of person. I mean, that's like my tears, Ugh! you know? Um, I don't get overwhelmed too many times. Um, but I, I was thinking back to high school graduation. And, and some of y'all have to think further than I do, but some of y'all is more recent. Um, I remember a high school graduation, you know, we had been with each other, you know, I we I moved in about 8th grade and so I'd known these guys for about 5 years and we grew pretty close. We did almost everything together. It was this group of guys were always together and and doing stuff and it was high school graduation. We just walked the aisle. We went back to that kind of receiving place where the families would come and greet us and congratulate us and hug us and all that stuff. And I remember looking around, and a lot of my guy friends, and these were like football players and wrestlers and the athletes, they were like in tears and sobbing, and I was like, What? We're, we're getting ready to go to project graduation. we still got like six more hours we're going to be with each other. Why in the world are you We're going to see each other tomorrow. A lot of us work together at the grocery store. I did not understand these tears that were coming out of these people when it, we weren't like breaking up or anything like that. We were going to see each other pretty frequently for the next several months. That's not what's captured here, though. I imagine Joshua's heart is, is kind of being torn, kind of like youth camp the very last night or last day, like, oh, I love you, and I can't believe you. I mean, Joshua's probably just going through these emotions about everything we've gone through, everything that we've accomplished, and now you're going back because that's, that's the promise of God. That's what God has given you. But at the same time, we're going to be breaking away from one another. And so he's calling them to a commitment, and their commitment is to remember the faithfulness that they had in the past, has brought them to this point, to continue to be committed to God, to continue to be committed, committed to one another. And this is what the church is. The church is not a building. It's not a place for the post office to find. The church is a gathering of God's people who are committed to one another and committed to God. That's what makes the church is we go through pain and suffering together. We go through joy and triumphs together, but we are committed to one another to see it through. We break bread together. We pray together. We worship together. We cry together. We celebrate. So when we say, you know, I'm a member of a certain church, what I'm saying is not that my name is on a roster of a church. What I am stating is that I am committed to that group of people there, that I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to walk through life with them. That's what a member of a church is. It is a commitment that I am committed to these people just as they are committed to me and we're committed to God. So Joshua tells these, these people here that even though this Jordan River is going to separate us, these are your brothers here. And the word brothers is used frequently in the New Testament. It's a word used to describe the people of God. It's typically gender neutral in the Greek, but the word brothers implies belonging to God. Uniting with other believers and belonging to one another as one body to form a church. So as we are going to separate here in a matter of minutes, how do we remain committed to one another? Well, a few ways is talk about what God is doing at your church family. How often are we sharing with people that are in our lives outside of the church what God is doing to the people we're committed to within the church? How often are we excited about what God is doing in our life, what God has done for us on a particular Sunday, how we experienced His presence, how we worshiped Him, how we we felt the joy of the Spirit within us? Are we sharing about those things throughout the week? Because it shows our commitment to our family, our church family, and our commitment to God. It brings God the glory. The word glory is funny because it it means when we bring God glory, we're a walking advertisement for who He is. So if you say this is your church, this is my church family, then what you're saying is this is the people I'm committed to. It's not that we're not committed to other brothers and sisters in Christ who go to other churches, but this church, this is the church I can be real, I can be raw, I can be open to. I know that they won't judge me, they will love me through it, they will encourage me through this. And my fear is there's a lot of us here this morning that don't feel that way at church. We feel we'll be judged. God has called you here to be committed to one another and to walk through life together. And So what Joshua does here is he gives them a charge. In verse 5 he says, remember your faithfulness, verse 1 through 4. But in verse 5 he gives them a charge to remain faithful. And I just want to walk through this real quick. Verse 5 says, Only be very careful to observe the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. You know what? That's that's what they've already been doing. That's what he said you had been doing back there in verse 2. You've you've already been doing it. So he's not giving them something beyond their ability. He's saying, be very careful to observe that word "observe" means to watch, but it's not like we're going to watch football later today, or maybe how you watch your kids sometimes when they're other in the other room doing whatever. That word "observe" means that I'm going to look over it. I'm going to I'm going to obey it. I'm going to not only obey it, but I'm going to manufacture it. So he's saying, be very careful to observe the command of the law and Moses. Be very careful to obey the Word of God. When we separate here in a little bit, we're going to be very careful to obey the Word of God so much that it manufactures out of our life. That's how we remain committed to one another. That's how we remain committed to God. That I'm going to obey this thing and it's going to be seen in my life. The Bible calls this fruit. And so it's our commitment to God and each other while we're apart that we're going to obey and produce the Word of God out of our life in the places that we go when we separate. He says that you are to love the Lord your God. And this this all comes back from Deuteronomy chapter 6 known as the Shemal that he's drawing from to love the Lord your God that word love it means that you're to love him as in a partnership in a relationship he's not some God who's far off even though the tabernacle is going to remain in this part of the land and you're going to cross that river the God that we serve is with you he is ever present and so you're to love him in this partnership that he has with you you're to walk in all his ways you are to go as you go you're to go in the ways of God you are to keep his commandments that word keep is the same Hebrew word that we read in verse 5 for being very careful it means that I'm going to guard God's commandments in my life I'm going to watch over it. I'm going to protect it above all other things because I know this connects me to God it connects me to God's people and I'm going to cling to him there in verse 5 and that's probably the most visual one for me that word cling means to hug but it's to hug so tight that you're not going to let go And if you have a child, man, one of the worst days as a parent, one of the hardest days as a parent, was that first day I had to take my kid to daycare or school. You remember that day? I mean, some of y'all may not love your children like I do, but uh, (laughs) I remember taking Ethan and Abby to the first day of of daycare and the first day of school, and and Jamie was teaching at the time, so she, she didn't get the joy of going with me, but I know she was struggling with it where she was. And I'm going to put Ethan on the spotlight, but don't you make fun of Ethan. You're supposed to encourage him, okay? Um, but as I was taking Ethan to daycare, he had this death grip around my neck. Like I was, I, and I, felt I was literally trying to pry him off my neck. He was suffocating me. I couldn't breathe. Abby had a death grip on my leg as the daycare person was trying to get her, and she was screaming and yelling. And as a parent, you're like, no, this is good for you, you know? <laughs> but that's that image. That's that image of clinging to God. That I have a death grip on, on God's love for me. I have a death grip on God's commands for me. I have a death grip on God's word for me. I'm clinging so tightly for me that you're going to have to rip me away from Him. And today's language would be, be flex-sealed to God, right? Then you know that flex-sealed, they build a boat. You can watch the commercial later. But is that nothing's going to tear me apart from God. Joshua understood that even though there's going to be this physical separation here in a few moments with these tribes, that if they held tight to God, if they walked in God's ways and behaved in His ways, if they loved God like in a relationship, not some foreign or or just an idea, that they would remain connected to God, which connect them to God's people, even though they're physically apart. He says... Finally, to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. That word serve in the Hebrew means two things. First, it means work. To serve is to work. It's to toil. So Joshua, and God's Word, is telling us that to do these things is going to take effort. It's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to be hard. I think we can all relate to that. Walking with God, clinging to God, loving God all the time is hard work sometimes. But it also means to worship. To serve is to worship God. And so your commitment to the church, your commitment to this body is that I'm going to be where God wants me to serve. That's the beauty of the church is God has called you here to serve. And your act of service is an act of worship. It's not just through the song. And yeah, it's going to be work. It's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be times you're not going to want to do it. But it's not about me. It's about Him. It's about being connected to Him, being faithful to Him. That phrase, with your heart and with all your soul, is a phrase we hear a lot in Scripture. It means that to do these things, to observe, to love, to walk, to keep, to cling, to serve, To do all these things with our entire being. And we take that to the New Testament, where Jesus takes this similar commandment of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we follow that commandment because Jesus calls us to go all in because Jesus went all in for us. And these people here in Joshua in chapter 22, they're realizing that God's faithfulness to them is calling them to be faithful. Or as Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, faith to faith. Our faithfulness to God in the past allows us to be faithful to God in the present, which going into verse 7 through 9 results in our faithfulness to God in the future. Now to the one half tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given the possession in Bashan, that's this tribe, this half tribe you're to leave. But the other half of Joshua had given possession beside their brothers in the land west of the Jordan. And when Joshua sent them away to their homes and blessed them, he said, Go, go back to your tents with much wealth and very much livestock and silver, gold, bronze, and iron with much clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. Did you catch a key word there in verse 8? You got much wealth, very much livestock, silver, gold, bronze, iron, and much clothing. Joshua speaks of their faithfulness from the past, gives them a charge in the present to take them in the future, and what he does is he uses the results of their faithfulness to continue to call them to be faithful. He says, look what the faithfulness of God has brought into your life. Look what the faithfulness to God's people has brought into your life. You have much wealth, you have much livestock, you have much clothing, you have silver, gold, bronze, and iron. You have all these blessings, and this is what faithfulness is meant to produce in our life. Again, the Bible calls it fruit, but our life should be a life that we are so faithful to God, we are so faithful to God's people, we are leaving a trail for people to find Jesus. Like Hansel and Gretel. But we're trying to lead them to Jesus, and it's all because of our faithfulness and how we speak about God and how we speak about our church and how we speak about God's people when we're away from one another is what the world hears. How faithful are we? Do the people in your life know who you call your church family? The people in your life know that your utmost charge is to be faithful to God? Do they see You observing the commandments of the Lord. Do they see you loving the Lord your God? Do they see you behaving in God's ways? Do they see you guarding God's commands of your life? Do they see you holding tightly to God? Do they see you worshiping and working with God with all of your heart and soul and mind? Do they see God in you? That's how we remain connected even though we're going to be Separated. Because when we leave this place, one thing that the people of God did, you can read in the book of Acts, is when they left and they broke from one another, because they did go home to their own homes and their beds and their dinners and their families, when they come back together, they worship God and they would share about the things that God is doing. When we leave this place in a matter of minutes, God sends us out in His name as His ambassadors, as His disciples, to be light and salt of the earth, so that when we come back and unite as the church, We can share about how faithful God has been out there and encourage one another. We are to continually be connected, even though we may be physically separated. So as a believer, that's the questions we have this morning. Am I living, verse 5, in my life? and I remaining connected to God because my connection to God impacts my connection to God's people? And vice versa. My connection to God's people impacts my connection to God. You may be here this morning and be like, well, I'm not a believer. I'm just kind of checking this thing out. Someone brought me here, so what in the world does this passage have to do with me? Well, Joshua is sending these tribes home. They made a promise back in Numbers 32. They fulfilled that promise leading up to Joshua chapter 22. And now they're ready to return home. They had fought the battles that needed to be fought. There is another battle, and the battle is going on in your life and your heart right now, where God sent His Son to this earth to fulfill His promise to fight your battle. See, Jesus left His home. He left His throne. He came to this earth to take the wrath of God upon Himself. He died on a cross. They placed Him in a tomb. The Bible says He rose three days later. The Bible says, when I believe that God is that faithful to me despite my sin." And God loves me that much despite my sin. And I believe that in my heart to be truth. And I confess with my mouth, the Bible says, I will be saved and beginning the promise of eternal life. The Bible lets us know that Jesus came out of the tomb, and for 40 days, hundreds of witnesses saw him. Some of them touched him. Some of them ate fish sticks with him. They spent time with him. And then Jesus arose. He ascended back. To his home. Just as these tribes were heading back home, Jesus went home. But Jesus went home with this promise. I'm coming back. I'm coming back for my people. My brothers, my sisters in Christ. My family. And that promise is only for those people who are part of the family of God. That's not membership. That means I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. You may be here this morning and that's exactly what you need to do. You need to place your faith in God's faithfulness for you. Perhaps you're here this morning and, I, and I'm reading this and I know the battles in church. I know that sometimes we want to remain reserved and we don't want to share our life the way we should. Perhaps the prayer for you this morning is for God to soften your heart so you can become deeper, connected to your brothers and sisters in Christ. God has brought you here for that. You don't have to walk this life alone. We're going to come this time of invitation. I'm going to ask Jackson to come up and lead us. If you need to come down and pray with me, if you need to say, Pastor Mike, I want to be saved, I want to know more about this salvation thing, I'm going to invite you to come down. If you just want to come and kneel before the Father, maybe you need to pray to God, God, give me that heart of verse 5. I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to be here. I'm going to ask Mike Marler to come on down. He's going to be down here as well. If you don't want to talk to me, that's fine. If you don't want to talk to another Mike, then Charlie, why don't you come over here? So we'll just make sure. If you don't want to talk to Mike's today, then that's fine. You can talk to Charlie. But we're here because this is where God has called us. I'm excited what God is doing at Harvest Hill. I'm so excited. And the way I look at this passage and I see what God has done in the past is preparing us for today and leading us into the future. In the past almost three years now, we've paid off a church van so we can move funds into other ministries. We've renovated a, ki- a kitchen. If you're, if you're new here in the last year and a half, there used to be a big hole in that wall. We renovated the kitchen. and didn't have to borrow a dime for it. It was God's people coming together to work for it. We've seen families and marriages healed. We've seen financial burdens taken care of. We've seen people become healed through illnesses. We've seen God working in great and incredible ways. We've seen 68 people decide this is where God wants them to be committed to in the last three years. 68. Of those 68, almost all of them are serving in some capacity at Harvest Hill. There's about four or five that aren't, but they moved to other states, so we'll forgive them, right? Right, Bridget? Right. Right. Out of that, we've seen 36 baptisms. Of those 36 baptisms, 31 have been by salvation. God has been faithful to harvest Hill, and he's calling us to a deeper faithfulness to each other and to him as we move forward in the future. Joshua knew it wasn't going to be easy, but if we cling to God, we can't go wrong. This is a time of invitation. Maybe you just need to pray for your family. I don't know, but I know God is good all the time. time. Let's pray together. I'm going to invite you to come. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for allowing us to serve you and along with you and by the power you've given inside of us. Lord, thank you that you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. The Spirit dwells inside of us to produce the fruit that needs to be produced. You've gifted us in incredible ways. I thank you for every individual in this place, Lord, and you've called them here for a specific purpose, a specific ministry, Lord, to bring you glory. And Lord we rebuke Satan that tries to keep us from being involved in what you are doing because we know Lord that you have had a great and mighty work to be done through Harvest Hill thank you for what you've already been doing and thank you for what you're going to do Lord give us a heart for you I pray for those here this morning that are going through a time of struggle They hear about this idea of being committed to one another and Lord that scares them well I've been there pray your spirit do the work that only your spirit can do and bring healing Lord help us to be a people who trust one another Father I pray for those here this morning that don't know he's your Lord and Savior Lord I pray your spirit would continue to work Lord that they're feeling that in their heart that there's something that needs to change something needs to happen in this moment that your spirit would give them the courage and strength to step out and walk down the aisle Father in this time we've come to a time of invitation we want you to receive all the glory Praise all in the name of Jesus. I invite you to stand. I invite you to stand.